turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Matthew. The time when the church is going to be delivered so that we don't have to go through this tribulation period. But there will be a time of distress unparalleled, Daniel says. And that's also what Jesus says back here in Matthew 24. Go back to Matthew 24 now. Matthew chapter 24, verse 21. For then there will be great distress. Same word that Daniel used. Jesus says here, unequaled. From the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Considering the negative and tumultuous things happening in our world today, it's not difficult to imagine that the end of times is near. Jesus will be returning for His church soon. Now is the time to share the gospel and turn as many souls as possible to the light. Pastor Gary reminds us today that according to the Bible, there won't be a great revival before Jesus' return. Instead, there will be a falling away from the faith. Don't let this happen to you. Stand firm on the Word of God and abide in Jesus Christ. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, with today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. So Matthew 24, just uh, a, a chapter that is entirely devoted to signs of the times. We've been talking about this last week when we made our way through about halfway of this chapter. And uh, so far we got through about 10 of the 12 items on our list. We talked about how Jesus speaks of There will be deception by false Christs and false prophets, people who will be imposters, who will pretend to be Messiah. Uh, We've had some in our own history in in, in recent years, uh, relatively speaking. There was Jim Jones, uh, there was David Koresh, uh, there's Sun Young Moon. There's a lot of people who pretend and proclaim to be Messiah, but they're not. And Jesus warns that as we get closer to his second coming, there will be more and more people who will try to deceive folks into thinking that they are Messiah, and Jesus says, beware of that. He also says there will be wars and rumors of wars. He says that there will be famine all around the world. He says that there will be earthquakes, and we shared last week from the U.S. Geological Survey that earthquakes of a 6.0 or greater magnitude are three times what they were in the previous decade just last year. So earthquakes are certainly escalating. Jesus warns about pestilence in Luke 21. That was the one little other thing I inserted into our list from Matthew 24. This one is out of Luke 21, where Jesus adds when he talks in Luke 21 about famine, earthquakes, he adds pestilence. Uh, Even today, I, I was listening to the news and heard about this outbreak of salmonella. 
that has uh, affected almost 300 people in 18 states. And one of the things CDC is saying is that these various strains of salmonella that they're dealing with in these 18 states are antibiotic-resistant strains. And that normally when people get salmonella poisoning, only about 20% of the people end up in the hospital. Now more than 40% have ended up in the hospital because they've been eating salmonella-laced chicken. Persecution of Christians, we talked about that. Jesus says uh, that will also be part of uh, the birth pains relative to his second coming. Now, he, he mentions these things as birth pains there in verse 8. He says, all these are the beginning of birth pains. These are not the intense labor pains. These are just the beginning And as you get further and further in the list, you see uh, more severe labor-intensive items that uh, begin to unfold around the world. Number seven on the list was apostasy. Again, as I mentioned last week, there are a lot of people who are, have a misconception that as we get closer to the return of Christ, that there's going to be this great harvest. That is not true. There will be a great advancement of the gospel, but Jesus says there will be a falling away from the faith. And Paul repeats this in a few different places, 1 Timothy 4, 1. And in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, he talks about how in latter times there will be people who will gather around them, teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear, and they will turn away from the truth, and they will turn aside to myths. And so apostasy, a falling away of the faith, is actually one of the signs of the end times. Jesus also says here in verse 12 of Matthew 24 that there will be an increase of wickedness and a decrease of love. And all you have to do is watch the news to see that that's happening more and more. And then, this is what I alluded to a moment ago, there will be the spreading of the gospel around the world, and that's a good thing. There's going to be no excuses that people have because the gospel is going out in a way that has never happened before because we have advanced technology and ways of communicating that we didn't have just a generation ago. Now with social media and networking, the internet, satellites, all of these things that are getting the gospel out and around the world. Uh, and I mentioned to you last week that just on our website, as we track IP addresses, uh, you know, it's just a tool that we can use to find out who's watching our teaching library and w- around the country. And I mentioned 43 different countries around the world just last month. I did misspeak. I looked back at our data. The number one country that views us, that looks at the teaching library and listens to the Bible studies, I said last week was China. China has been in number one place on our on our website traffic, but when I looked back at what the, the data that Philip gave me, actually the number one country, China's number two now, the number one country that tunes in and, and looks at the teaching library and follows the Bible studies is Israel. Very interesting. So, I mean, as the gospel is going forth, God is making great advancements around the world and, and people are hearing the gospel. And the Bible even says in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, that God will dispatch an angel during the tribulation period. God will dispatch an angel around the world to proclaim from the air the gospel. So for your skeptical friends who say, you know, what about the guy on the island who never hears about? Hey, first you need to say to them, don't worry about the guy on the island, okay? God is big enough to take care of the guy on the island. What about the guy in the mirror? That's what you need to be concerned about, okay? Is the guy or the gal in the mirror, God will take care of the guy on the island. But the fact is, the way the Bible tells us is that the gospel is going to get around the world. And even to the point where somebody would say, well, you know, if you don't have the internet, if you don't have a radio, don't have a TV, they won't hear. God's going to send an angel around the globe, Revelation 14, 6 and 7. And the angel will communicate to every tribe, nation and tongue the good news of the gospel, so that even during the tribulation period, people will be able to get saved. 
Now, it's going to be under adverse conditions, and you would think that that might move people more towards God. But during the tribulation time, people will actually become more rebellious and resistant. They will raise their hand towards heaven, they will curse God, and they will wish to die, and death, death will escape them. So for a time, as they experience this cataclysmic uh, stuff that's going to happen around the world. So no excuses. The gospel is going to continue to advance. And then where we left off last week was... Uh, at point number 10, where Jesus talks about the unveiling of the Antichrist. In verse 15, he says, So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. And then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath. Now, um, go to Daniel now so we can tie together what Jesus is saying there in Matthew 24. And I, and I had a good question uh, posed to me last week after the Bible study about, uh, you know, why are there still going to be pregnant moms and particularly moms who are nursing infants? Because won't children be taken during the rapture time? We're going to talk about the rapture a little bit if we can get through our study tonight. But you have to remember that the Antichrist comes onto the world scene at the beginning of the tribulation period. So if you follow the end time events timeline as, as we teach it here at Cornerstone, as I believe that it is revealed in Scripture, although good, honest Christian people can debate this, but the church is going to be taken from the earth just before the tribulation period starts. The tribulation period is defined mainly in Revelation 6 to 18. There's going to be worldwide events that are going to be happening. Water, the seas will turn to blood. There will be meteor showers and asteroids and there will be earthquakes and there will be uh, tsunamis. And there's going to be just a whole event of cataclysmic natural disasters that are precipitated by the Lord to bring judgment upon a God-forsaken, Christ-rejecting world as his final wake-up call to a stubborn world so that people can turn their hearts to the Lord when they, when they see all of that's going on around their world. Well, the Antichrist comes onto the world scene. So again, the church Christians will likely be gone. Antichrist comes on the world scene, the beginning of the seven-year period. And Daniel here is going to tell us that the Antichrist makes a covenant of peace with the Jewish people, with the nation of Israel for seven years. And in the middle of the seven years, three and a half years into it, he's going to break his covenant with them. And he will reveal himself to be who he truly is. Up to this point, many Jews will think that he's Messiah. And then halfway into it, he will reveal himself. So though the rapture has taken place now, and I do believe as believers leave the earth, so do those who are, even though we're all born into sin, there is a certain age of accountability where up until you get to an age of personal responsibility, children are graciously provided for. You look back in the book of Deuteronomy and the generation that died in the wilderness the judgment came upon the adults, but their children were taken into the promised land, and God always makes gracious provision for children. When, when David and Bathsheba, their child died, David mourned for the child, and then, and then he got up from his mourning, and his attendant said, you know, you were mourning when the child was dying. Now that he's died, you've gotten up, taken a bath, and, and, and you're eating some food. Why, why the change? And basically paraphrasing, David says, because I know that he can't come back to me, but I'm going to go and see my child one day. And he knew that that child was in the arms of Jesus, that there's a certain provision that God makes for children and takes care of them. So while the church gets raptured and children with them, 
you still have the next three and a half years where children are going to be born during the tribulation period before the Antichrist reveals himself. And that's when Jesus says, when the Antichrist, when the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, reveals himself, that's when the greatest part of the tribulation will be unleashed. Pray then that your flight does not happen in winter. And pity the ladies who are pregnant and nursing, because if you're going to be fleeing in a hurry, it's, it's going to be even more difficult if it's winter, and if you've got some toddlers that you're trying to take care of. And so anyway, back here in Daniel chapter 9, it tells us this. If you look at the middle of verse 26, Daniel 9, middle of verse 26, it starts, the people of the ruler. Now, the ruler here is the Antichrist. King James uses the word prince, but it is a Hebrew word that better translates ruler. This is a reference to the Antichrist, the people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. Here's his covenant the Antichrist is going to make with uh, many because he's going to be this charismatic political global leader who comes on the world scene and he's able to unite Muslims and Jews and everybody just get along on the Temple Mount and the temple will be rebuilt. He's going to make this covenant of a seven-year period. And in the middle, rest of verse 27, in the middle of the seven, three and a half years into it, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering and on a wing of the temple... He will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Now, this is what Jesus was referring to, the abomination that causes desolation. What is it that he actually does when he commits this act? What is it that he's doing? What he's doing is he is uh, placing himself on the throne in the temple that he encouraged the Jews to rebuild, and he declares that he is God. He proclaims himself to be God. Go to chapter 11 of Daniel. Daniel 11, verse 36. It says, the king, this is still talking about the Antichrist, the king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god and will say unheard of things against the god of gods. He will be successful until the time of wrath is completed, until until the end of the tribulation period, when Jesus comes again. For what has been determined must take place. He will show no regard, notice this, no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the one desired by women, nor will he regard any god, but will exalt himself above them all. Now that's an interesting statement there at the end where it says there that he has no regard for the gods of his fathers. The Hebrew word for gods, the reason it's in the plural is because every time the Hebrew word Elohim appears, It is a plural word, but it is really a word for God himself. Because even in the King James Bible, when it translates this word here, it speaks of him in the singular, and it's capitalized, the God of his Father. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It is Elohim in Genesis 1.1. The reason it's a plural word is because contained within the Hebrew word Elohim is a picture of the plurality of a single God, that he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when this statement here in Daniel 11 says that he has no regard for the God of his fathers, for Elohim, it is an indication that likely the Antichrist will be Jewish. 
This is a Jewish idiom. This is a Jewish expression. The God of my fathers is what the Jews would say in relation to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is likely that Antichrist will have a Jewish heritage, which makes sense because why in the world would Jews in Israel believe that the temple could be rebuilt if it didn't come from the Messiah that they think is Messiah? He had no regard for the God of his fathers, nor for the one desired by women, is the rest of that verse. And King James says, nor the desired of women. And that is also a Jewish expression. The desire of every young woman in Israel was to possibly be the vessel to give birth to Messiah. The desire of every woman was Messiah, that, that she would be able to give birth to Messiah. So these are two expressions that are uniquely Jewish, and it is an indication that perhaps... The Antichrist will be Jewish. I don't agree with those who think the Antichrist is going to be the Pope. I just don't agree with that. There's a lot of people out there who think that. I think that this religious political leader is much bigger than one leader of one faith. This guy is going to unite all world religions under one banner, and then he will exalt himself to be God and proclaim himself to be God in a wing of the temple, and that's what Jesus calls the abomination that causes desolation. In 2 Thessalonians, stay there in Daniel because we've got one more thing to read. But in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4, it says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. That's the apostasia. That's the falling away of the faith. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. That's the Antichrist. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshiped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. So Paul writes the same thing there in 2 Thessalonians as you're reading here in Daniel. The Old Testament confirms the New Testament. New Testament confirms the Old Testament. Go to Daniel chapter 12. So verse 1 of Daniel 12, it says, At that time Michael, now this is the archangel Michael. He's the only archangel mentioned in the Bible. Gabriel is not an archangel. But Michael and Gabriel are the only two angels mentioned in the Bible by name. And uh, Michael is an archangel. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. And that is is a picture of projecting towards the time when the church is going to be delivered so that we don't have to go through this tribulation period. But there will be a time of distress unparalleled, Daniel says. And that's also what Jesus says back here in Matthew 24. Go back to Matthew 24 now. Matthew chapter 24, verse 21. For then there will be great distress. Same word that Daniel used. Jesus says here, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again. You see, that's almost identical to what we just read in Daniel 12 and what Jesus says here in Matthew 24. Now, I know that there's a variety of people who will interpret Matthew 24 and the book of Revelation and and think things are allegorical or think things are historical. There are some Christians good, honest, decent people who believe that the events of Matthew 24 really are not painting a picture towards the second coming of Christ as much as it is painting a picture towards the death and destruction of Christians in the first century under Nero, and that Nero is really the picture of what we call the Antichrist, and he puts a lot of Christians to death, and it was a horrible time. There's no question about that. You read history, first century, Rome, Emperor Nero was making Christians human torches in his garden. He would dip them in tar and light them on fire alive. 
and he slaughtered Christians so that their bloods would just their blood would flow through the streets of Rome. And Nero was brutal, and and Nero killed a, a lot of Christians. But as horrible as that is, it was. Do, do you honestly think that when Daniel says there's going to be a time unparalleled of distress, and Jesus says there's going to be a time unparalleled of distress, you really think it's that? I mean. There's some other things that are just as gruesome or more so than even what Nero did. So that is not the most. And when you think about what could be the most distressful time, it has to be nothing else than the tribulation period that is yet to come. And so as the Antichrist is unveiled, there's going to be at this same time a tribulation period. That's number 11 on our list. There's going to be a period of great tribulation on the earth which will culminate after seven years with the battle of Armageddon. Now, Armageddon is only mentioned one time in the Bible. It's mentioned in Revelation chapter 16. It's one of the places we visit when we tour Israel. We stand at the place of Mount Megiddo. That's what Armageddon means. It's from the Hebrew Har Megiddo, Mount Megiddo. Megiddo is a a city, an ancient city. It's not an occupied city today. It's just an ancient, uh, what we call an ancient tell. It's a mound of civilizations, but Megiddo is not an active town anymore, an active city anymore. But you can stand on the hill of Megiddo, and you look out at the plain, the, the valley of Jezreel, and that's the valley where the battle is going to take place. And the Bible talks about how there will be nations who will rise, people against people, and there will be uh, this end time to end all wars that will happen in the Valley of Megiddo, in the Jezreel Valley. Napoleon once stood at Megiddo and looked down into the Valley of Jezreel. And, you know, he's just kind of a twisted Frenchman. But he, but he, said, uh, he said, oh, I wish I could fight a great battle in the Valley of Jezreel. All right, Napoleon, thanks a lot. But anyway, that, it, it's, this, it's a very strategic location because the Valley of Jezreel When the Bible says Euphrates River gets dried up and then all of the nations of the Pacific Rim are going to come and they will emerge and they will converge, I should say, on uh, Israel. And then you will have what the Bible speaks about in Ezekiel. You're going to have Russia from the north. You're going to have Turkey. You're going to have Iran. You're going to have all these nations that will converge against Israel. And the Lord says in, in Revelation 16, 15, Behold, I come like a thief. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him, so that he may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon, Armageddon, Revelation 16, verse 16. So there's going to be this time of great tribulation. When you look through the book of Revelation, it tells us that God will unleash a series of tribulation upon the earth in the form of first, he talks about opening uh, seals. That's Revelation 6, 7, and 8, primarily 6 and 8. And then he talks about there will be a series of seven trumpets that will be blown, seven seals followed by seven trumpets. That's Revelation 8 and 9. And then Revelation 16 speaks about the seven bowls of God's wrath. So you have seven seals that are opened, seven trumpets that are blown, seven bowls that are poured out. And with every opening of a seal or blowing of a trumpet or pouring of the bowl, there are different judgments that are unleashed upon the earth. Now, the book of Revelation is for another study. We've been there several times, and you can go online and listen to the teaching library for all that detail. But it will intensify as these seals and trumpets and bowls are opened and blown and poured. So... 
When we talk about tribulation, it's the whole seven years, but really the great tribulation is the last three and a half. Thanks for tuning in to Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Pastor Gary has been walking us through the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. This unique perspective on Jesus' life gives you a glimpse into the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and the true King above all kings. Jesus' greatest act while on earth was to give His life to pay for the sins of every person. That includes you. If you're ready to step away from your mistakes and failures and embrace a new life, Jesus is ready for you. His grace is enough. You can come to Him no matter what your past looks like. Would you like someone to pray with you? Or do you have some more questions? We'd love to talk to you. Please connect with us at prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. That's prayer at cornerstonechapel.net. We'd love to meet you, too. You're invited to join us this weekend at Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg. We're meeting in person as well as online. And you can find all the information you need on our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. There, you can also hear additional messages from the series in Matthew or others that Pastor Gary has shared. Again, that website is cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for tuning in to Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know